Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Can you mediate with a narcissist? A question we get asked a lot on social media, but also a question that mum can answer and the answer may surprise you. Today, we're going to go through some strategies and steps that you can take if you are going into mediation with someone who has narcissistic traits or perhaps is a narcissist or is a manipulative and controlling person. Because while you might think it might be a waste of time, there actually are some really great tips that mum's going to share with us. Welcome, mum. Before we get started, you're not a psychologist, but you have practiced as a mediator yeah. as well as a lawyer yes. for how long? Well, the, when did you start doing the mediation? I started doing mediation in 1994. Oh, back in the 90s. Way, I was one of the first mediators registered. All those fashions are fashionable again. Oh, <laughs> the 94 You know fashion. it's a long time ago when the 90s fashion's back it's in. terrible. So back in the day yep. when everyone was wearing the, the chokers yep. and the high-waisted mum jeans and the Doc Martens. And you were learning mediation at school I too, was learning mediation. Yeah. I was doing scram. I was one of the judges. Yeah. For, not for your school, but. I won the Queensland Mediation Challenge. And I didn't pull any strings. And I never wanted to be a lawyer. No. I think it was that that made me not (laughs) want to be a lawyer. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so... Okay, so the buzzword is narcissist. So as I said, mum's not a psychologist. We don't know what your ex is. Nobody knows, apart from you, who your ex is or how they behave. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of narcissistic traits. In people that can't agree. Yes. In one or other of them, usually. Yes, yeah. So just because you can't get to an agreement, it doesn't mean you're a bad person, uh, if you are giving it your red hot go, because mm-hmm. I do feel like sometimes there's this shame vibe on people who can't settle. Or why are you still fighting with your ex? Why can't you just agree and get it over with? You're hurting the children. You're wasting your money. A lot of that oh. comes through on TikTok. A lot of shame and blame. But sometimes, Mum, it's it's not. You can't help it. You it's not help. everybody in the party. That's right. Sometimes right. it's just one of them. Yes, yes. I mean, it's healthy to consider if you've done something. Yes. But it's really, um, if it's not you, mm. it could be them mm. or it could be that your case is so unique. But generally this narcissistic um, tendencies that people seem to demonstrate and I lots of my clients tell me their ex is narcissistic and, you know, they seem to to demonstrate those qualities. Mm. So let's go because... Well, there's yeah. the rise of narcissism in in this apparently in the yeah. psychological world. I don't know why. It's, That's a different TED it's, Talk. <laughs> it's certainly a lot of entitlement. <laughs> yes. Now, one of the things you've said that if you're going into a mediation, one of the things that you can be surprised about if you're going in with someone who's got narcissistic traits is what is actually important to them yeah. in the mediation. It can absolutely blow you away sometimes. You go in thinking this argument or this mediation is going to be all about maybe the children. Mm. That'll be pivotal. Mm. Um, and in fact, they're not really interested in fighting over the children and they give in on that 
on those things that you want. So you think you know what's important to them because you're probably judging it by yourself Mm. and what would be important to you. But what's important to a person with narcissistic tendencies could be something different. So try and find the things that they're going to give in on mm. and agree or or they can you can pretend to give in to their point of view, you know, and sign that up if they've made a thing. And then the thing that there's a couple of things that I found that narcissists really hang their hat on and will fight for. And one is uh, the pub the perception of them by someone else. Right. Okay, well, let's talk about that for a minute. Mm. Well, let's quickly just circle back to that other one, being surprised about what they actually are going to hinge everything on. Yes. So it is a big no-no if you're about to go into mediation to assume Mm. that they think like you or assume that they're going to think like they were pretending to think when you were together. Yes. And I think that if you make an assumption that, oh, they think like me, they're going to want the same thing that I want, that's a bad idea. Don't go in with assumptions. That's where you get the surprise. Yes. So it's better off it's better off to go into a mediation to discover and explore what's important to yeah. them. And so be it. If they don't have the same values as you, if they don't weigh the same weight of things on as you do, sure, be disappointed in them, but then at least you know what it is that you need to negotiate. And that can sometimes be a positive because, like you said, if if they don't care about the kids as much as you do, then maybe the negotiation in that part will actually be easier. Hmm. Okay, so then the next one, Mum, is you're saying they really care about what people think think about what they they look look. does that happen does that matter in mediation or is it more about arranging whatever's going to happen in the future about how they look or what how they look to the mediator and the lawyer as well um i don't think they particularly care Mm. usually how they look to the mediator or or the lawyer but their personal persona to the outside world Mm. really matters and you kind of i I learned judo when i was really young and Mm -hmm. judo in judo it's called the gentle way, but you could throw people twice your size because you would use their momentum mm. to keep you trip them, get them off balance, and they would sort of basically roll themselves. Mum, I'd and, love to see you do that. <laughs> I know you did that too much. My brother, who's how how tall is he again? He's six foot three. Six foot three, and he said, "Oh, you can't still do that anymore." And you flipped him on his bum. It was the best thing ever. So what you're saying, the analogy that, of using it, their momentum—that's right. So use their thing that matters to them to to the kind of foil them or, or get them to settle. So if they've got a big car or a fancy vehicle, they don't, they don't care about the debt because no one can see that. Mm. So use that with them. They're happy to and they're proud. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And they're really proud to say they can afford things even if they might not be able to. They're usually so confident mm. that, oh, I'll be able to handle that. I, I want that car. I want to still look like this person. Right. So to them, it's about what they look like. So if they've yeah. got a fancy car, they've got a fancy house, they don't care if it's in debt as much. No. It's more about the look. Yeah. Is that go same for parenting? So they're like, they want to look like the best parent in the world, but they actually behind the closed doors, ah, oh, crap. Yes. <laughs> but as long as everybody outside sees that, yeah. like maybe they join the PNC. Yeah. Well, if, if they know that they're in a, if, if the world knows they're in a dispute about children mm. under the current regime, this is the, this, awful shared parental responsibility, they can feel very hurt or like they're publicly shamed if they don't have 50% of the time. So so they don't want you to win at all Mm. at their expense because 
that sort of reflects badly. I think that's made children negotiation a lot harder mm. with the media, with the you know, uh, with the narcissist. But property negotiation can be easier because, like I said, they care about appearances and right. what things look like. So you just go with that, okay. um, and it's often not what you think. Okay. You know? Do you think that in a mediation, the narcissist is going to say or do things to get reactions from you? Do you see that when you do mediation? Yeah, sometimes you do. And yes. what strategies can you give people listening who might be going into a mediation where they've got one of those people that are just like know exactly what word to say or what to do to upset press them? Press buttons. Yeah, yeah press yeah. buttons. Well, first of all, go in expecting that. Okay. Second of all, um, clue the mediator in if you're not in the same room when, when they do the shuttle. Tell the mediator there are some things that they're going to raise that are going to be deliberately provocative to you and tell them what your your buttons that you think are going to be hit are. Ah. Yeah. And then the mediator might not carry them back into the room and talk to you about that. Oh, so the mediator can act like a filter. Yes. Um, and this shuttle, I know we've talked about it before, mm. but if anyone's listening to this for the first time, what is the shuttle process and what is it that they can ask for from a mediator if they're going yeah. to do that? So they can say they don't feel comfortable being in the same room. They go into separate rooms. Uh, you never go in the same room as him if you want. You don't want to. Mm-hmm. The mediator gives the opening speech to you and then or them and then goes and gives the opening speech to the other person. But also the mediator can carry offers between the rooms. Mm. And what if the mediator knows that by mentioning these things, this your narcissistic ex is just baiting you, mm-hmm. um, if you give them that knowledge in advance, they can challenge that person and say, well, how's that going to make her settle? Isn't that a tricky point for her? And they can sort of be aware of the shenanigans. Right. That might As a mediator, there. how quickly do you cotton on to whether there's someone with narcissistic traits or manipulative controlling? When do you pick up on that? When does a mediator notice it? Um, you could try to notice it. I mean, you do notice it and it doesn't take long usually. Yeah. They're, they're they're usually very well dressed. They're mm-hmm. very confident, and um, kind of cr- try to create a thus, us and them mentality. You know, particularly if it's a bloke mediator, or you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. with me, I know they try to sort of tell me all the bad things about the other person mm-hmm. rather than talk respectfully. Yes. Um, so yeah, that you pick up that pretty quickly. Mm. But you try to be, you know, when you're medi- meditating. Mm. Mediation, meditation. Uh, when you meditate, <laughs> way different. If you're doing mind- <laughs> way more stressful. <laughs> if you're doing mindfulness mm-hmm. and the thought comes in, you've got to try to let it go, and you've got to be non non judgmental. As a mediator, you if you you've really got to stop yourself disliking a person. Yeah. And so you kind of those traits are just let go because uh, when you're mediating, you're really focusing just on getting a resolution for these people. What you're saying is it doesn't really actually matter whether the mediator knows this person is a bit piece of poop no. or bum, uh, but it does help if you tell the mediator, these are my trigger points, this yes. is going to really upset me, could you perhaps help not derail the mediation by letting him do or say these things to me because they will really hurt. And shuttle means you don't have to see them. That's right. Which is fantastic. And you can be calm. Yeah. You keep calm yeah. in, in your room because you're not there to be baited by the by the narcissist, mm. um, that's you can you can handle that. You've been handling it for years. Yeah, you're there to get something, mm. and that is to get either resolution of all of the matters between you, or some of the matters get it sorted. If not, at least you're there 
picking up what their story is going to be mm. and what their narrative is going to be because you can continue to mediate after mediation. You can continue to write offers yes. and things. And I think I think you mentioned before uh, in another podcast or maybe it was on the webinar <laughs> where someone was saying, oh, mediation with a narcissist is a waste of time, which is why I decided to do this yes. episode because you have said, no, it's not no. because you could mediate and their arguments are all laid out for you, and then you can what with your affidavit. Well, you, you can tailor your material to it, especially if you know how narcissists lie. Mm. That's in our narcissist playbook. I, mm-hmm. I reckon they always tell fibs, um, and so it's very hard sometimes when the court orders you if you are going to trial to file your affidavit material together on the same day and at the same time. Mm. You don't get a chance to respond yes. to the allegations that the other side raises. Now, with a normal people, yeah, you both pretty well know what the scenario is. You've been battling it out, yeah. and you you and you know if there's been any issues. events or situations, that's what's going to be yeah, in the affidavit. That's what's going to be because they're that's reality. Yeah. Yes, but with the narcissist, sometimes what they put in their material is a complete, like such a lie. You're absolutely flabbergasted that they could even even say that. Yeah. Particularly yep. when you think you can prove that it's not. So, like, yeah. Yeah, but you don't get a chance to. So they no. get whatever they want in there. But if you've been to mediation and you listen to what they say, I find they always telegraph their moves. They mm-hmm. always let you know. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's in a correspondence, it's, there's mm. something they nag and you go, what's that about? Mm. Be sure that will turn up in the affidavit. So you can say, um, I, I'm aware that my ex thinks this or says this and mm. I say there's absolutely no reality in it. I suspect he'll put this in the affidavit um, so I'm saying it here just denying Brilliant. and here's the proof. Brilliant. So, yeah, so that can save you sometimes but don't be surprised that you can resolve. Yeah. Sometimes you can settle things with the narcissist quite, so quite I, well because m- the percentage of narcissists in the number in the people who are going to court mm-hmm. is probably much higher than in the rest of the population. True, so, true. Yeah. So I think um, as as you've described it, they they really they they live in a different reality in some mm-hmm. ways. So that's something that you can look out mm-hmm. for. But also they they kind of love reactions. It's like their oxygen. Yes. It's your reaction. Yeah. So sometimes you can think of maybe mediation is like. A cat and mouse, and yeah. if and if and if the cat just wants to sit there and play with the mouse way before it eats it, yeah. you know, it plays, plays, yeah. plays, and a media uh, in a mediation, maybe a narcissist would see it as another opportunity to mess around and waste everybody's time and make it all about them. And in those instances, we've recommended in the course, and you've talked about it mm. before, Mum, where you just have a very clear agenda, yes, and you stick to it no matter what. That's right. And Don't is that what a med- in mediation does that help? Yes, it get does. Derailed? It does. Yep, because if a narcissist wants to play games with things at the beginning, that can last all day. Yes. So you need to be very clear with your legal team and the mediator. I know this person. Mm-hmm. I know um, how much we're paying for the mediator for lawyers. We have um, this many things to get through. I'm not talking about that now. And that way you're not going to get them a real opportunity to run run the agenda. Uh, you're going to have the um, – you have your plan and you keep it on there and simply refuse to get involved in anything that's not going to be helpful. 
So would it be of benefit for someone who's going to mediation with a narcissist or a manipulative controlling person to have a written agenda? Yeah, I think like so. A, like a meeting? Yep, and and with times and a plan, really. Okay. A plan for the mediation. Do many people go in to do mediation for both property and children or is it usually one or the other? Mm-hmm. No, it's sometimes they try for both. So which, which one do you do first? <laughs> Whichever is the most important for you okay yeah so is your goal to do the most important thing well here's the thing if the children arrangements are something you could kind of live with Mm -hmm. don't rush to put them ahead of the property if you can't live with the current property things you need to deal with that Mm. um but uh sometimes the one that you think is going to be settled quicker might be a good idea to uh, to do that one if you're both pretty well on the same page and that could be kids mm. and and but get, if you both sign off on that it gives that momentum to then settling further mm. so it, it's hard to say Laura whether you do them if I guess if you're stuck in a financial situation where you're still relying on your narcissistic ex to yep. dole out money and yep. you beg for it or do the good girl, bad mm-hmm. girl scenario where the money gets stopped if you don't yep. do exactly what you're told, that would be highly important, I guess, Yes, to sort that out. And if the narcissist is enjoying doing that, they're probably not going to want to make that priority no, number so, one. That's right. So how do you so get the mediator to agree that that should be number one? Well, the mediators usually set an agenda. Okay. So they listen to both of you. And don't forget that in this current Uh, situation with the courts, even though you're not in the courts, the central practice direction Mm. um, orders people or makes people file an outline of their case. And so the the mediator will have read all of that material. And so they'll identify the issues or you can identify them for the mediator and say, look, as far as I'm concerned, these are the big points, Mm -hmm. you know, and it might not just be a blanket children. It might be what school holidays are the kids having or where does Timmy go to school next year? That might be your actual issue. Mm. And then the other might be do we sell the house or property settlement. So you can sort of suggest that to the mediator. Yes. Um, They can take that on board, go and talk to the other person and perhaps put that agenda to them. Mm -hmm. But one of the first things you agree on is the agenda and Mm. what should happen. I think that be careful if your mediator is just letting your ex run the the show mm. you need buy-in on t- on that agenda and a, i think a timetable if you've got a narcissist because they'll want to stay on the one that's most fun yes for them so you go cut your losses we yep. didn't get through it let's move let's to the move next on. point yep. have you ever been in a situation where i think some narcissists i've heard of through our members have done this that they've negotiated and agreed all the way through got to the end and then said i'm not signing that i changed my mind mm. yeah so how do you stop that from happening? Well, you can't really. Sign as you go? No, not really. Um, they have that prerogative. Mm. But um, the mediator uh, may make a certificate that says one person didn't try. Mm. If it's that genuine effort that's important. Um, if you, if they do it in court, in the ones that, in the court ordered mediations where you've got a judge or a judicial registrar mm. who's making the, doing the mediation, you would not want to be the person that that gets a, a little bad little report card that says you didn't try very hard. So that's could the be difference. Cost consequences, yeah. Yeah. So with the mediator in the main in um, you know outside of the court um, with children's matters that 
precious 60i certificate has to issue you have to have one before you go to court mm-hmm. and it has the three or four different reasons that it, they didn't try hard enough or they both attempted to made genuine effort or such and such didn't turn up or it was um not suitable for mm. mediation and you need that before you can go to court for children can you usually. say it's not suitable because they're a narcissist i i don't think you'll get anywhere telling a psychologist or a mediator that your ex is a narcissist just because it's a little bit of an overworked So you name. shouldn't even use the N-word. No, I think that it can turn them off and they'll, the first thing they'll say is, are you a psychologist? Has mm. he been psychiatrically assessed? Yeah. Um, yep. One time I, uh, I said to someone, oh, well, yes, but look, that's just one doctor's opinion that you're a narcissist. And he goes, no, it was two psychiatrists. <laughs> oh, and I go, okay, you're okay. a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make him feel better. But but <laughs> real narcissist um, diagnosis is pretty rare um, mm. because they're not going to take themselves to the psychiatrist. No, they're not. There's something wrong with me. I need to get help. Fascinatingly, there there are a couple of narcissistic influencers who are uh, diagnosed <laughs> narcissists yeah. who talk you through different scenarios and their thought patterns, Oh, that which is interesting scary. to watch but terrifying. When, but, but if anyone ever wants to see into the mind of a narcissist, go and find those guys on TikTok because that's interesting. However, I think everybody's X is different and this yeah, whole narcissistic know. tar brush n- doesn't necessarily cover your ex. But yeah. I think, like you were saying, Mum, you need to find out what is that motivates them. Yeah. That's really the crux of it. And that's what a, a mediator does anyway. Yes, it is. And and you can call it, you know, 50%, um, but if they think it's 48%, it doesn't matter. It's just what actually Changes hands. So this what is, actually is decided. This is one of your other tips. Yeah, and it is re. I'm calling it rebranding. <laughs> yes, rebranding your offer. Yeah, in words and image that they mm. want. Yes, because when it comes down to it, it's just the words and image. Yeah. So if you can get a rebranding, spin it. Get a spin doctor. Yep. Go and hire someone who rebrands for other, <laughs> and say, "How can I make a look at your thing? How yep. can I make this look better well, well, for right. them?" So, so give one, me some examples. One classic example is if the kids aren't going to be spending seven days with one parent and seven days with another, because fifty-fifty split um, is is common knowledge now that that's the way the court's been going under the current regime. For a narcissist to walk away from a mediation where he doesn't have 50% care of the children can be a real, it, absolutely difficult to live with. Yeah. Right? But if you write it this way, so if you write the children live, uh, so, say there's going to be an offer that the children live with your client, the mother, for say uh, 10 days a fortnight mm-hmm. or nine days, nine days a fortnight mm-hmm. and live with the other person for five. Instead of saying, as I've seen a young lawyer in another firm's just done, the children live with the mother. That's one question, one thing. And the second one, the children spend time with the father on these days. Don't do that. The children live with the father and the mother as follows and then set the days. Uh, it's less in their face. and It's less obvious. Yeah. It's less uh, offensive yes. to their narcissistic just, view. It just hurts their feelings and and they might not sign it. And you think they're not signing it because they don't agree to five and nine. Mm. No, they don't sign it because they don't like the way those words read Mm. and it gives them an injury and they won't explain it. You've given that um, 
and another example of like when someone is really obsessed with maybe an inheritance that they've got. Yes. Um, and a narcissist probably would be very obsessed with mm. some sort of inheritance that's come from, so, I don't know, some yep. image thing. They're going to want to keep it. Yep. She's not touching this. And you go, fair enough. You rebrand it and go. Fair enough. You can have that, but she gets 90% of the rest of the property. But yes. you've kept your inheritance. You or, win. You get yep. your inheritance. Or you you're won. getting your Corvette. Or yes. whatever it is that you had before. You yes. have that. Go because right ahead. I do think some of them must be sitting there in their head going, what am I going to tell everybody when I get out of, of here? Uh, they're going to ask me if I won. Am I going to say yes? How am I going to be able to say yes? But if you split the inheritance, they can't say they won. But if you give them the inheritance mm -hmm. and then just more money goes because to you for something appearance else, counts. Yep. it's or all rebranding. Yeah, or more super to you because a lot of people, narcissists, are very worried about the present Yes, and how people think of them now. Yes. So all of those things, it, it's just how they can walk out with a feeling, even if in their heart of hearts they know they didn't win, but they can spin it to say they won. So time with children if they're just really obsessed with being seen as a good dad mm -hmm. or a good mum or a good parent, but mm. they don't want the time spent mm. with the kids. You gave me another example before we started where you say, you know, you could find us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. We're there waiting for you right now. If you want to get more out of the divorce course, all you have to do is go to the divorce course podcast at Facebook or TikTok or the divorce course on Instagram. There we share bite-sized pieces of information and bite-sized inspiration and motivation to help you through this difficult time. Come and join our community and let us know you've joined. We'd love to see you there. You gave me another example before we started where you see, but you take them to the football games yes. every week for the day. Oh, or you keep taking them uh, to school every morning and pick them up every afternoon if that's what you want. Yeah. Or you go to the parent-teacher meetings or you, you know, just kind of give them that profile. And then that way in the school environment, they seem like They're the king. engaged yep. mum or dad, they're always there. But realistically, it, it is you with the children all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's handy. Yeah. And and look, you're not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. If you could have someone to offer to take your kids from time to time to those yeah. things that you really don't have time to do. Yeah. <laughs> sure. If that's going to help you feel better about your appearance, go for gold. And it's good for the kids. Yeah. So, you know, whatever dad's motivation, it's all usually mum. the dads, all yeah. mums, but whatever their motivation, if, if their upshot of that is the kids are getting one-on-one mm. -on -one time with a parent, it's a good outcome. Okay. All right. So we definitely look into the looks. You've mentioned, you know, you can try and somehow make it in a way that they look still look like parent of the year or they still feel they still feel wealthy. They've got the looks. They don't care as much about debt. They want to be respected. They want to be respected. Yes. So don't sort of be sarcastic with them. So don't be surprised with their what it is that's going to hold everything up. Yeah. But also don't get held up by you your reactions if they want to play right. play with the mouse and be one of those horrible people that just want to mess around all day. Yep, you, that's why you should go. I think you mentioned it the other day. Go and see your counsellor beforehand. Yes. Have some strategies in place. Yes. If you've written an agenda, also write down some things. I mean, I have, I think I've said this before in a mediation, had to turn off the lights and do some deep breathing with my client just to <laughs> ground them again. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. So bring some it is, food. Usually it's a white room with white table and no windows. A, a hideous box of tissues in the middle. Yeah. The one I think I did, it had a, the, the tissue box looked like a bomb. Um, and I just spent the whole time looking at it going, yes. That's a, that looks like a bomb. That was like, very unfortunate. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's There's so no clinical. It's so horrible. You really, it, you really need to look at it as a, it's, it's a psychological approach. If you're not right in the head, if you're not ready for the battle, mm. you're not going to do well. So That's you've got to get yourself fit in the in yeah. mind. We call it a mediation mindset in the yes, course. You've yes. got to have that mediation mindset, and you are going there to take away something from the other person, which is you're going to go there to get an agreement, mm. whether they like it or not. Whether so they like it or not. Sort of, it sounds an oxymoron, like get them to agree against their wishes. Mm. But actually you can move a long way along that track. Mm. And sometimes just not letting them see that it hurts you or that you're upset. Yeah, those reactions. Yes, those reactions. Don't go overdressed, yep. um, looking like you're trying to impress them or anything. Yeah. <laughs> just think of it as a business deal. Yeah. Get someone else to pick up your kids so you, you don't have to worry if they leave it all till the last minute to settle. Mm. But I have the fact that um, there's something over an 80%, I think, success rate with mediations by and large. Mm. Um and given that a lot more of the population in the family courts, family law courts, would be, I think, narcissistic tendencies compared to the normal, the rest of the population. Mm. Like Judge Barry used to say, you only end up in court if one of you is unreasonable. So we could use that word unreasonable. unreasonable. is code for narcissistic, <laughs> narcissistic yeah. tendencies. Yes. Yeah. And so so it, it obviously works mm. and I've seen it work. And if you do get an, an agreement with your narcissistic ex, you will not be the first person and mm. you know you get to walk away yes so you have done a lot of mediations yes. with people that seem like they have got narcissistic traits with the other person the yeah. other side my client no yeah <laughs> the other parties yes yeah and we manage it and the, and the mediators are very skilled mm. and they manage it mm. um, if you've got a narcissistic ex they may want to look good to the mediator if it's a bloke yeah um, they may so be it- disrespectful to some women so is it worthwhile choosing? Accordingly. Just think about their personality. What's going to work. And what's going to work for them. So if they have no respect for women, don't go and try and get a I think, female mediator. I think it helps to get a, a tough male Now, mediator. I know we're going to upset some oh, mediators we that listen to, going to this. Yeah. So, but you know. then on other, in other cases, a woman has the touch that the guys, you know, they're flirty guys or they. Oh, God. No, but seriously, <laughs> they might listen. Did they ever flirt with you, Mum? No, don't ask those questions. <laughs> no, I keep a very Gross. serious face on. Oh gosh, oh Laura, it's the worst place to be flirting with someone during mediation. <laughs> but no, but the natural instinct might appear oh, to okay. be. It goes into that looking good. Yes, looking good to the yes. opposite sex. Or sometimes they don't care what. But people who really know them think they only care what their chosen audience thinks. Mm. But you know, just try and choose the person. We have some very, uh, very firm. Uh, female mediators, um, and I've seen them handle those guys quite well. I've seen some very yeah. firm female judges in action. Yes, you have. There, there's not much difference anymore. No. But it's in the perception of someone like that mm. that you might think, what would work 
best for mm. my narcissistic ex-partner. Yeah, and that's what it all comes down to. Mm. I think I think a lot of people uh, in the old days, and I surely did, I thought, oh, yeah, mediation, we just turn up, we have a little chat, <laughs> so I'll be fine. But in in hindsight, it's, you no, it's, it's, it's your opportunity yeah. to avoid trial. It is your opportunity to get it all sorted. It probably will cost you a lot of money for a mediator unless you're getting it um, free. Mm-hmm. So you probably take the lawyer with you. Which get is a battle good. plan, list down what it is that you want to try and get sorted in yeah. that time, have time limits for topics, mm-hmm. definitely don't let them derail. That's right. So if, if there's a new thing that comes up that's a surprise. Park that. Say, say so we'll talk about that talk later. Talk about that another time. Yeah, yeah. And, I've and never heard of that argument. You haven't raised that before. Never I'm heard about it. About haven't seen. Take all the proof in the world that you can take, all the evidence in the world. You don't have to show it, but if there's any arguments at the last minute, yep. oh, that's not true, well, then with a narcissist, the, the best defence is evidence. Yep. Have all of that there to take away the the tis-tisn't arguments. Yep. And also for you, um, like everyone in a, these disputes, um, they're not all narcissists, but they often misremember what happened on mm. a particular day because your heightened um, anxiety, you might get the day wrong, you might get the events wrong. Mm-hmm. And I have, have clients over the years who, who've literally sworn on a Bible mm-hmm. that something in an affidavit is true and I, they're good people, they're not deliberately lying. And then they come in two weeks later and go, look what I found, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I had it in my head it was this. I could have sworn it was this. And I said, well, you did swear. I always say you did swear it. And then we have to correct the record. But you don't trust your memory. Double check that you're accurate and you're right. And then take in the proof both of you being correct and if you can get it of them being wrong and just put that on the table. It just takes it away. What if they're asking for something you just cannot agree to? What if they're asking which they know you're going to say no to? What, what do you do in those situations? How can you mediate if they're saying, I get everything or you never see the children, I get 100% and sole parental? Well, how do you, how, what is, is, is that a tactic by, by narcissists to mm. just derail. clear the decks yeah. and derail? And if that's going to happen, usually the mediator will call time on that quite quickly. It's yeah. clear there's no movement here. Can you do anything to salvage anything it's out of a mediation a general, like that? It's such a general question, Laura, and we're only doing general advice. But mm. I think um, you need to be careful if they're absolutely baiting you with stuff that cannot be resolved. Mm. Move on to another topic quickly. Explore all the things you think you can get agreement on yeah. um, and call it quits. Okay. Just because you've booked a mediation for a whole day doesn't mean you need to stay there for the whole day. Um, be careful not to be the first one to leave, though general advice only, um, to walk out because you will look like you didn't make a genuine effort. And all mediation that ends up in successful negotiated outcomes feel hard. It is work. It Mm. feels there's tears and there's, you know, reassessment and, and, you know, unless it's come down to the safety of the children or something ridiculous like everything to one person, Mm. um, you need to check your assumptions and your non-negotiables and think are they really non-negotiable is there something about that I could tweak Mm. and what is he really thinking about and that's what the mediator will be looking at is he asking for that just to give you the pips Mm. or is it because like we said he wants to be seen at the school functions Mm. 
So can you let him do that, you know, mm. or let him go to the sport or just pack, unpack what that thing. But bearing in mind appearances really matter and that they fib. Um, Is shuttle, do you recommend shuttle? Yes. So with a narcissist, if you just don't even bother? Sometimes people who've been in a long-term relationship with a narcissist are are very um, in their deepest, deepest part. They seem to want to settle or they're a little bit intimidated still. Or they fall back into old patterns. Of pleasing the other person. And, and of course, you'll see the narcissist sometimes with with the eyes like looking across the room and, mm. and if it's going to have a deleterious effect, a bad effect on yeah. your person. So I used to think it was a bit cowardly custard of the mediators to go straight to shuttle because magic can happen if people are in a room negotiating. But I think that is more true in commercial matters rather than something where there's family. all of this family history. And future. Yeah, you just don't need to. What about those uh, those things you see on the TV? <laughs> and and I did in my mediation thing in high school, the, the opening statements. Do you yes. think that's a good idea if you've got a narcissistic ex to go through opening statements? Yes, I think so. In fact, try and stop them. But we <laughs> but we now the rules are that you do a lot of your things in writing beforehand. You put right. your contentions and all of that in writing beforehand. And so um, it's not – and the mediators read those. Mm. Opening statements, if you're in the same room, can be quite powerful. Mm. But really opening statements um, in the separate rooms are more condensed these days okay. because the, the mediator knows and cases. so if you're there listening right now, you're about to go to mediation, you're thinking this is going to be such a waste of time. Hopefully you can use some of these strategies. Yep. Pack snacks. Yep. <laughs> but but more importantly, really, if you can afford it, go and see a psychologist. Mm. Get them to give you some strategies. Get them to give you some canned responses. Mm. Are there any canned responses that you can think of that people could use yeah. in a mediation, Mum? It's the normal de-escalation stuff, you mm. know, like... Oh, that's in- that's interesting. That um, I'll have to consider that later. You don't say, "How dare you raise that now?" Mm-hmm. You say, "Can we talk about that a little bit later?" I'm, what about? I'm really interested in this point, mm-hmm. um, and and try to just not trigger, be triggered, because it's more than what you say. The canned responses that you say, it's how it makes you feel. Mm. So just go there ready for. Uh, that and and be determined to keep your calm and have a little sticky note in yeah. front of you next to your agenda that says calm and confident or yes. or um I am as calm as an ocean or something that will help you when you look at it take a breath mm-hmm. and let it go because if you end up wound up tightly like a ball then when you they, might explode yeah, when they hit that trigger you'll either be dissolved in tears or yeah. very angry and, so and then you're not going to be thinking clearly yeah and so it, I think it's a business decision this is a business deal it is it is so go in there with everything you've got go mm-hmm. in there and give it your best shot don't say right at the start this is going to be a waste this of isn't time going to work yeah. because that is writing yourself a self-fulfilling prophecy and if you don't give it your best shot, it's going to cost more money. But at least, like you've said, Mum, if it fails, you know their strategy, you know what ridiculous, crazy reality they're living in that you can counteract in your affidavit before they've even written it. So have that have that, that gumption, get yourself in a good mental space, 
and do it. And then also prepare yourself for at least a week of absolute exhaustion. If you can, while you're looking after all the kids and running your job and doing everything else you've got to do. It is awful. It is awful after that. But yeah, uh, like, and be, be assured if this mediation doesn't work, the way the system's working in the family court, Federal Circuit Court and Family Court of Australia now is you will undoubtedly have another mediation. Mm. And so each one, I think, is like begins to clarify the issues and each one is an opportunity. It's the only time. If, for those of our listeners who have lawyers, mm. um, you think about this. You've got the mediators 100% attention. They're not taking phone calls. Your lawyer doesn't usually a good one anyway, shouldn't be taking calls from anyone else. Mm-hmm. They should be focused 100% on trying to get your case settled. You will never have that opportunity again, mm. you know. That's true. It is. Well, I mean, you will. Will be before time, trial, yeah, but <laughs> the each, day of the trial but or each, the day of the mediation. Well, there might be another mediation, but, but then there's you've spent more money mm. as well. So you give each this first one a really good red-hot go. Yeah. And you may be find yourself filing consent orders. Mm. with the, with the uh, narcissist that you never thought you could. And that would be amazing. Let us know. Yes. <laughs> Send us an email at the podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear that good news. But we have had some of our members have had that success. I know. I love it. One of those testimonials that we got uh, last mm. year and she said, the house is mine and yeah. I was able to protect myself from that kind of behaviour. Mm-hmm. So don't give up. Don't think that it's the end of the world because they're a narcissist. There are ways you can do this. You just need to be mentally strong. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. <laughs> and Good all the best everyone. to anybody who's going down Mediation Street. We wish you all the best. There is an episode, I should mention, how to negotiate. Convincing the unconvincible. Ah, there we go. Convincing the unconvincible. That's it. That episode would be really good for you as yes. well. Yeah. So Absolutely. Go, if this is, is, this is something that you are facing right now, Click on the show notes, go to the link where it says podcast episodes mentioned, click on the episode Convincing the Unconvincible. That one is a cracker. People and have people used that. love it and use it and have been using it for nearly mm. a year and a half now. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mum. Thank you, Laura. Bye everyone. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.